brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mojo Five O. Standing Ground is a production of Leahy Media. Mojo Five O, how may I help you? Oh my you? god! Oh my god! I don't know what to do. This is Groupie, and I was supposed to do a show from the Gulag for Jeremy Leahy, and I think I just saw him go with in handcuffs. Is he being detained? I don't oh. know who to tell. I know who we need to call. We need to call David G, our global head of security, right away. That sounds good. Hold on, just a second. Let me get David G on the line. And yet again, here we are, doing another stand-in show for Jeremy Leahy. We believe we found where he's at, but we don't know if we can get him out. The government has him. So, since our last fill-in guests were some of the biggest badass fighters that we have on the Mojo 50 crew... They have left in order to assist with the effort to get Jeremy Leahy out of the D.C. Gulag. So, we had to find other people. So, here is your last second fill-in crew for Jeremy Leahy. From Ain't You a Peach, Laird Leprechaun. Part-time co-host on Off-Track Syndicate, SoCal. And one of our favorite furries that we have, Tech Room. And I am Amstrak. I am, I guess, behind the wheel of this thing. I try to hide behind the glass as much as I can so that you all don't have to suffer through me talking during these fill-ins. But, welcome everybody. 
Good evening. Greetings. Everybody's well. Hello, hello. And how 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 have you all been doing here recently? Any one of y'all been doing anything that uh, that sticks out here particular off of your schedules recently? How about you, Take? What were you doing? Uh, I'm trying to get my garden back under control after I went on a two week long uh, uh, road trip. Uh, the garden is almost completely weeds, but I threw some water down just to water the weeds. Uh, I see there's some really big zucchini in there somewhere, uh, but. Uh, Where's the bell? I need some. Uh, I need some Italian dressing so that uh, I can marinate them in that and then grill them on the barbecue. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, Cal, you don't want any of his zucchini, do you? Um, currently, I'm just melting. No, <laughs> no. Um, we're in th- triple digits, and I'm just trying to stay uh, not and not become a puddle. I'm just trying not to melt over here. <sighs> and you and and that's all, and you're, that's all that's happening over here. Yeah, and and Lip ran off. I don't see him. I see his microphone. I don't see him. Doesn't he know we got a show to do? You know those leprechauns. They just they go. Yeah. They run off and find their pot of gold somewhere. It happens. They always come back. Well, apparently I've been to eat their clovers. You know. Apparently I've been there. He is. Hey, uh, I don't hear you. I see you talking, but I don't hear you. Because I was a good boy and hit mute. Oh. Uh, sometimes you inherit a house full of bodies when you least expect it. So I didn't know uh, you was a mortician. To... Say again? <laughs> I didn't know you were a mortician. That's it, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're laid out horizontals. Are, are they little bodies? Are they fellow leprechauns? Or, I mean... Because that's why they have no, leprechauns do stuff like that for the normal bodies, right? Because of the fine detail and the better quality work. This is true, <laughs> but no, they're 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 full grown uh, uh, adult sized yahoos that just kind of like showed up at the doorstep. Ah. So uh, let me back out here for just a short shirt, and uh, I'll be back just as quick as I can. Okay, okay, and and in the middle of this recording, we'll, find that we'll, we'll go. Uh, yeah, yeah, we. We'll we'll go ahead and I guess carry on, and uh, I got something that struck me here just recently, and I shared it out, and it's a bit of a long clip. However, I think it is worth listening to and commenting on because this is the kind of stuff that we're supposed to be listening to and having people say here in this wonderful country, the U.S., ideally, but... uh, who all remembers who Mr. Bean is? Oh, yeah. Well. Uh, I don't know. You don't know You don't know who Mr. Bean is? I, I'm trying to think. It sounds a little familiar, but I don't know. Not J- Rowan head. Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. Comedy. Did, Come on. Brit- oh, British God. comedian. Anyway. Usually yeah. didn't say much. That's maybe why I don't know much. <laughs> well, he had a lot to say <laughs> this go. time around. You ready to hear what he had to say? Absolutely. Uh, my starting point when it comes to the consideration of any issue relating to free speech is my passionate belief that the second most precious thing in life is the right to express yourself freely. The most precious thing in life, I think, is food in your mouth. And the third most precious is a roof over your head. But a fixture for me in the number two slot is free expression 
just below the need to sustain life itself. That is because I have enjoyed free expression in this country all my professional life and fully expect to continue to do so. Personally, I suspect highly unlikely to be arrested for whatever laws exist to contain free expression because of the undoubtedly privileged position that is afforded to those of a high public profile. So my concerns are less for myself and more for those more vulnerable because of their lower profile. Like the man arrested in Oxford for calling a police horse gay. <laughs> or the teenager arrested for calling the Church of Scientology a cult. Or the cafe owner arrested for displaying passages from the Bible on a TV screen. When I heard of some of these more ludicrous offences and charges, I remembered that I had been here before in a fictional context. I once did a show called Not the Nine O'Clock News some years ago, and we did a sketch where Griff Rees-Jones played Constable Savage, a manifestly racist police officer <laughs> to whom I, as his station commander, is giving a dressing down for arresting a black man on a whole string of ridiculous, trumped-up and ludicrous charges. The charges for which Constable Savage arrested Mr Winston Kodogo of 55 Mercer Road were these... Walking on the cracks in the pavement. <laughs> Walking in a loud shirt in a built-up area during the hours of darkness. And one of my favourites, walking around all over the place. <laughs> he was also arrested for urinating in a public convenience and looking at me in a funny way. <laughs> Who would have thought that we would end up with a law that would allow life to imitate art so exactly. I read somewhere a defender of the status quo claiming that the fact that the gay horse case was dropped after the arrested man refused to pay the, uh, to pay the fine and that the Scientology case was also dropped at some point during the court process was proof that the law was working well, <laughs> ignoring the fact that the only reason these cases were dropped was because of the publicity that they had attracted. The police sensed that ridicule was just around the corner and withdrew their actions. But what about the thousands of other cases that did not enjoy the oxygen of publicity, that weren't quite ludicrous enough to attract media attention? Even for those actions that were withdrawn, people were arrested, questioned, taken to court, and then released. You know, that isn't a law working properly. That is censoriousness of the most intimidating kind, guaranteed to have, as Lord Deer says, a chilling effect on free expression and free protest. Parliament's Joint Committee on Human Rights summarised, as you may know, this whole issue very well by saying, while arresting a protester for using threatening or abusive speech may, depending on the circumstances, be a proportionate response we do not think that language or behaviour that is merely insulting should ever be criminalised in this way. The clear problem with the outlawing of insult is that too many things can be interpreted as such. Criticism is easily construed as insult by certain parties. Ridicule easily construed as insult. Sarcasm, unfavourable co comparison, merely stating an alternative point of view to the orthodoxy can be interpreted as insult. 
And because so many things can be interpreted as insult, it is hardly surprising that so many things have been, as the examples I talked about earlier show. Although the law under discussion has been on the statute book for over 25 years, it is indicative of a culture that has taken hold of the programmes of successive governments that, with the reasonable and well-intentioned ambition to contain obnoxious elements in society, has created a society of an extraordinarily authoritarian and controlling nature. That is what you might call the new intolerance, a new but intense desire to gag uncomfortable voices of dissent. I am not intolerant, say many people, say many softly spoken, highly educated, liberal-minded people. I'm only intolerant of intolerance. <laughs> and people tend to nod sagely and say, oh, yes, wise words, wise words. And yet if you think about this supposedly inarguable statement for longer than five seconds, you realise that all it is advocating is the replacement of one kind of intolerance with another, which to me doesn't represent any kind of progress at all. Underlying prejudices, injustices or resentments are not addressed by arresting people. They are addressed by the issues being aired, argued and dealt with, preferably outside the legal process. For me, the best way to increase society's resistance to insulting or offensive speech is to allow a lot more of it. As with childhood diseases, you can better resist those germs to which you have been exposed. We need to build our immunity to taking offence so that we can deal with the issues that perfectly justified criticism can raise. Our priority should be to deal with the message, not the messenger. As President Obama said in an address to the United Nations only a month or so ago, laudable efforts to restrict speech can become a tool to silence critics or oppress minorities. The strongest weapon against hateful speech is not repression, it is more speech. And that's the essence of my thesis, more speech. <clears throat> if we want a robust society, we need more robust dialogue, and that must include the right to insult or to offend. And as, even if, as Lord Deere says, you know, the freedom to be inoffensive is no freedom at all. The repeal of this word in this clause will be only a small step, but it will, I hope, be a critical one in what should be a longer-term project to pause and slowly rewind a creeping culture of censoriousness. It is a small skirmish in the battle, in my opinion, to deal with what Sir Salman Rushdie refers to as the outrage industry. Self-appointed arbiters of the public good, encouraging media-stoked outrage to which the police feel under terrible pressure to react. A newspaper rings up Scotland Yard. Someone has said something slightly insulting on Twitter about someone who we think a national treasure. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and the police panic and they scrabble around and then grasp the most inappropriate lifeline of all, Section 5 of the Public Order Act, that thing where you can arrest anybody for saying anything that might be construed by anyone else as insulting. You know, they don't seem to need a real victim. They need only to make the judgment that somebody could have been offended if they had heard or read what has been said. The most ludicrous degree of latitude. The storms that surround Twitter and Facebook comment 
have raised some fascinating issues about free speech, which we haven't really yet come to terms with. Firstly, that we all have to take responsibility for what we say, which is quite a good lesson to learn. But secondly, we've learned how appallingly prickly and intolerant society has become of even the mildest adverse comment. The law should not be aiding and abetting this new intolerance. Free speech can only suffer if the law prevents us from dealing with its consequences. I offer my wholehearted support to the Reform Section 5 campaign. Thank you very much. And uh, have you ever remembered hearing Mr. Bean say anywhere near that much? <laughs> not, not really, although I am a big fan of the Stephen Wright uh, short, uh, The Appointments of Dennis Jennings, where uh, Rowan Atkinson plays the psychiatrist in, in that show. It's an excellent, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Uh, I've got some animated GIFs I use that I swipe from it, but the appointments of Dennis Jennings, highly recommendable. Psychiatrists are laughing at you behind your back. Well, so Cal, you're here to provide extra commentary. Did you learn anything off of that uh, 10 minute long, almost skit of audio? I did. And I absolutely agree. And I love his analogy of the, um, you know, the the um, sicknesses that the more that you're exposed to them, the more that your body can fight them. And um, I, I, I love what he said. I agree with it. I think it was amazing. And I think it's really important. And I think that, um, I, you know, that pe- people have commented before, you know, you have to have tough skin. Well, it's not necessarily having tough skin. But it's like what he touched on. It is important to learn how to um, be able to take something and be able to respond to it appropriately and within your own beliefs and your own values and say what you have to say back. Because I think that that's tough skin is not necessarily what it's about. It's not about taking, taking, taking. It's about taking, analyzing, responding. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's about learning to be able to tell the difference between actually being harmed and just somebody trying to offend you. Exactly. Okay. It's one thing I say I've always lacked. I'm not very good at verbal banter. I could, I have to think about it and maybe I'm better at writing it down. Right. But maybe that's because you don't always get exposed to that. And also the fact of criticisms where you can take, take a criticism or an insult, however it's meant to be, maybe it's an insult, but you can turn it inside your own head and analyze it, take out the pieces that might show true and take it as a criticism, but a constructive one where uh, you know, maybe that's something that you could listen to and, and handle and change the little bits that might bring true versus the, maybe, you know, they're trying to insult you, but you can take the pieces out and no, that's not insulting. Maybe I can learn actually something from that. I don't know. I just, I think it's excellent to be exposed and I, I agree with him. I really do. I think that's, it uh, was well said. I love his diction too, by the way. It's amazing. Anyway. 
pronunciation, where, pronunciation. I love it all. Where do yeah. you cross Excellent. the line of saying something that is merely insulting into saying something that you should be held accountable for in the idea of enforcement of the law? Where Where is that point? Because, I mean, do you have to have the measurable harm? And what sort of harm does this have to be? You got, uh, I mean, you got different things with slander and stuff that can ruin your reputation as a professional that will affect your job. You got other similar things. You got people that that don't affect them at all. I mean, there's, there's several of them, yes. Yeah. Where, where, where should you be held accountable on this stuff? Well, see, in in my opinion, that could be hard to hard to prove. Some of it could be, uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but some of it could be hard to. Why can't I get out the words? Be hard to prove. Does that make sense? Um. Like, for example, emotional distress isn't easy, isn't an easy thing to prove in court, right? So um, I definitely think some things, if, if they're hurtful to a person's reputation, um, business, yeah, I have to think upon this. Do you have something to say, Tech Rue? Because I have to think. That's a thinking point. I got to think yeah, about there, that. There, there is a difference between uh, the type of banter you get, say, on on Twitter, the insults, the uh, this, that, and the other, you know, the things I was saying about Al Franken earlier today um, and, and Liz Cheney, uh, which can, of course, get very, uh, very, uh, um, gee, words. Uh, but then those I that... I know, actually, right? Did I give you the SoCal disease? <laughs> then those that... I, I do like the advert uh, where... Uh, I, I forget which show. Was it Bells of Liberty or was it the other one where you're... We have to tur- turn SoCal off right now because she, she's being she's being a bitch. Or that was damning <laughs> with fever. However that line went. But the... Uh, uh, you know, and then the, there's a difference between that and, uh, you know, going to... Trying to track down your employer and saying, "Oh, he said this sort of a thing about him, about me, uh, and and he's a Nazi because he obviously says these things, and he used the word national when really it's the socialist that's that's universally evil, um, yeah, not the uh, not not the national socialist part." Uh, which is something I need to do a write-up. One of these days, I'm going to start a, a sub-stack, and I'm going to write big articles and stuff, but then I'd have to have time uh, to do things, and that? Uh, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, I think one of the biggest problems with this is you're starting to get into a category. You remember the old uh, uh, retort that somebody had on being able to describe what pornography is, and their answer was, well, I might not be able to define what it is, but I can recognize when I see it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that don't really work all that well whenever you're dealing with laws and dealing with harm and everything there, does it, though? Right. 
Right. How the, the the problem is how do you define this stuff? Because I mean, if somebody called you a duty head, okay. I mean, language right. evolves over time, and just like it always had been said with Brad and other people, the word crockpot can be insulting if you use it in the right context. So I mean, so I think the only way to measure something like that is. Um, it's kind of how they well they're supposed to do now like if it um affects you where it's almost where you can prove it where you have evidence of how it affects you calling me a doo-doo head it's not going to do anything even if you call me a doo-doo head on twitter it's not going to do anything necessarily but, but if at you can what prove level where, i think it comes to a point as if you could prove at what well, level should people get involved in a legal manner? Because, for example, if you're a kid running your lemonade stand and one kid comes up there while the other ones are over there and calls you a doo-doo head and then they laugh <laughs> and then they walk away, well, there's your loss of earnings right there. Should that be something well, enforceable? But that's what I'm saying. That's more provable, right? You can prove that by the lack of income. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying is it comes down to what you can prove. If you can prove the harm that was done. If you called me a doo-doo head in the middle of a speech uh, that I just got paid to speak at and people paid a lot of money and somebody says this person's a doo-doo head and people got up and walked out, that's loss of income, right? Well, that's something you can prove. So, with, yeah. With that same idea, what heckler could not be looked at legally then? I mean, is this what we want to go to? No, because a heckler is one. So, if you're a comedian and you've got a heckler in your audience, you can choose to engage them or ignore them. That's not going to make the whole person, the whole place, get up and leave. See, now this is this is the exact reason why our founders said that our constitution, our system of laws, was made for a just, religious, moral society. Because we have a better idea what line to cross. We don't have to write it in the law at that point. He's in the jailhouse now. He's in the jailhouse now. Well, I told him once or twice to stop playing cards and a shooting dice. He's in the jailhouse now. Hi, folks. I'm Watson Prenier, the host of Battle for Freedom. The show airs Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check me out on Battle for Freedom, where I'm triggering change one heartbeat at a time. Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill. Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her. Me. Uh, you lost me there, buddy. 
Steel man pills. Things weren't always looking up, if you catch my drift. So, my doctor prescribed me a little something. Like Viagra? Yeah, but that's expensive, and it wasn't covered by my insurance. Steel man pills cost me less than three bucks a pill, and virtually the same effect. I just called and got over 40 pills for only $99. I have this friend who might be looking and... Well, if your friend wants some help, the consultation is free over the phone. No clinic. Steel Man Pills sends it in the mail in a confidential package. I'm on it. I mean, my friend will be on it. Steel Man Pills. Going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction. 800-485-3208. That's 800-485-3208. I'll bet you've noticed. There are food shortages happening just about everywhere. If you think it'll get worse before it gets better, don't get caught unprepared to feed your family. Prepare with Mojo50.com. Hello, you have reached the Mojo50 hotline. All personnel are currently busy doing other tasks. Please leave a message and it will be forwarded to either Ron Phillips, Bethy Knott, or sent to Brad Stagg's email inbox to be completely forgotten about or die. Thank you. We appreciate you calling Mojo 5 This is Rocky with an eye. Now, hear me out. It's Washington, D.C., and right now they're in the middle of their summer recess. Don't you guys think that maybe it'll be a good idea to just pay any one of these goofs at the D.C. Gulag a donut and, like, a hot coffee, and we can just get Jeremy Leahy out without much issue? I mean, if anybody's with me, just, you know, let's put a plan in place. Let's do this. Turn 21 in prison, doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better, but her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried. Well, the, uh, the, the cancel culture desperately needs to be ignored i mean there are those that are uh well you know they go after your business they go after the whatever school you go to you go after whatever but everybody needs to just freaking ignore it there is a furry convention it's a brand new one it just premiered a few weeks ago uh called free for all uh down in tulsa oklahoma uh we had first year convention had 208 attendees uh and it was trash-talked by everybody online, claiming, oh, how stupid and silly. They've got you know Nazi furs showing up and stuff like that. And it's all because we would not accept their ban list. Believe it or not, you've got these furry conventions that thousands of people go to, and there are those that, uh, that put together lists of bad people that don't uh, – that, that – their, their, you know, cancel culture is, is is determined that they're uh, that they're that they're not good, so they need to be banned. And we decided we're not going to ban anybody. You want to show up, you want to behave yourself, that's fine. We're not going to put up with this. Uh, you don't like them; they don't fit your ideology. Um, and you know, we're sorry as long as they behave themselves. Uh, that's fine. And they made up all sorts of crazy stuff about it. They never showed up. These people complaining about the convention never showed up. Uh, but, uh, they, they picked up whatever random 
crap uh, off the internet that somebody else said about it. Well, they have a, a ball pit. They had that's this tiny. It was a joke. There was this tiny little ball pit, little little toddler sized swimming pool full of like little balls, and you can play in the ball pit. And uh, it's like, oh my god, this is all they could afford. No, it was a joke. This is how humorless you people are, and all sorts of slander and stuff. But how do you how do you go after them for this? Uh, next year is going to be far bigger. I mean, they their goal was to. This is how good this convention did in their first year. They had a goal to raise three thousand dollars for a, an animal rescue group which was also slandered and maligned by these same Marxist pieces of garbage. Um, we, we raised $8,000 for the, for this group. And this, this is how, how miserable a failure this little convention was, this tiny little first year convention. Uh, but they, they had a hard time starting out because they had a hotel set up where they were going to have the venue at. And they got the the hotel was uh, got all these phone calls and emails and stuff from these people slandering them. And they said, look, we don't want to deal with all. I don't know what the heck is wrong with you furries. We don't want to have anything to do with you. So what they wound up doing, they went with a government facility uh, that's part part time. uh, It's part time uh, city hall for whatever subset of of Tulsa it was. And uh, there it, it couldn't be canceled. No, there was nobody there to take their phone calls whining about uh, the you know, Nazis showing up uh, and stuff like that. Um, there were police everywhere because there were all these threats made against the convention, all these very confused looking police officers. There was about 10 to 20 of them at any one time. And there was no hotel to direct any any rage against. It was just whatever local hotels. They were totally not affiliated. And uh, we all had a great time. And uh, all these haters were whining the entire time. Well, I will have but to see, say. But see, there's another thing. That's... No, I, I am glad that things Sorry, went well ahead. as it did for you all. But I only I see one thing that I really am disappointed in with all of that. Mm-hmm. What was the name of this convention again? Free for all. It's free for all. Yeah, yeah. And there, st- there, there was a pun in the middle. I, th- yeah. I, th- I thought it should have been fur for all. Ah, uh, hmm. That, that would have no. good, been good. You, you, when, when you, when your people that you're reaching out to to advertise to have to think too hard for the joke, then I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was also going to say, see, that's that's a part. That's a part as well is lack of knowledge, uh, lack of understanding. It's not something you've been exposed to. So you're going to be. But there's the whole behind the keyboard bullcrap that people do. You know, they can talk big when they're behind a keyboard, but not so much face to face. Like you come to me and find out that I'm a human being. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a human being <laughs> showing a picture. Oh, um, I'm a human being. And when you get to know that, hey, I'm just a human being and this is it. I, I don't know. It's just this lack of knowledge. And that's that's part of the problem, too. That's funny, though. He just showed a picture of his little ball. Thing. Where, where, where the hell's the bell at? Anyone got a bell right? over here? <laughs> I've, bell I've got one. It's over there, though. I'd have to get up and it's grab it. It's over there? 
Mine's yeah. over there too. Well, hop over there and get it then, real quick. I mean, you, you, you see, you see what I did there? See, I hop and get yeah, it. Yeah, I did. I saw. I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But and, and that's part of it too. I mean, how much damage um, is? I mean, yes, they. It seems they did do that, but. Um, but you guys recovered, and that's the thing. I mean, but if people don't know what they're talking about and they can just point fingers and say, blah, 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 you know, you guys can overcome it, and you did. Mm-hmm. Look at that. You did. So, and, and you'll only and grow stronger people, for it because. People are going to see that, hey, wait, these people were kind of having fun. Maybe we should go there too. Right? Exactly. So yeah. that's what I. I'm saying so there are and that's that's exactly it so you got exposed to it you guys overcame it and you'll be that much more stronger the next time and i think that was the point of mr bean well, well i just don't bean. see what the problem is yeah, letting people dressed bit. up as furry people into a city hall whenever other people already approve of drag queens coming into the library for story hour what what's the big deal here right but we, I mean, we do have some trolls okay, that like wear these, wear these armbands with posticas on them, claiming to be Nazi furs, and and you oh know what? Freaking ignore them. I, if you pay any attention to them, you are helping them. Wait, ignore them. Wait, trolls and have trolls let's have just fur. Talk about how people dress at Walmart. You know, okay. <laughs> You know, that might be one of the hitting blessings we had from COVID curfew starting out was the fact that Walmart started closing again. You did not see the 3 a.m. Walmart attire when you went shopping after work on second shift. Who cares about 3 a.m.? You could go at 10 a.m. You could go at noon. They're always out there. So listen, who's to be picking? Who's to be picking? Oh, there, there. When it, there used to be that graveyard shift crew of people there, and I bet that a lot, all these listeners know exactly what I'm talking about too. To where it looks like that their bottom had done <laughs> fallen well past the left, what's left of the cup of their shorts, while they're wearing their flip flops out there. Well, I, I had heard of the, I had heard of the people of uh, Walmart hashtag and stuff. I didn't know there was an actual song with a music video that that went along with it that somebody just <laughs> recently introduced me to. Well, well, oh we'll go ahead and come back in with that then if you can find it there real quick, and we'll throw it in. No, no oh come do on, it. come don't on, there. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, to get past all of this crap, you were saying something about schools and everything beforehand. I do believe, I'm trying to remember, I think this was a school that Beto O'Rourke was at speaking to here recently. And uh, did did any of you all hear about his commentary that he had beforehand, talking about uh, the past past shootings and stuff they had and the kind of guns that were available to them? Because... Negative. I'm about ready to drop this commentary on there, and if I need to, pause it so that you all can start dropping F-bombs in for me to beep out, let me know, because <laughs> I, I am more than glad to do that, it, and, and I'm, I'm, we're recording last second, so hopefully we can get all the F-bombs out before it gets posted, but here we go. <laughs> And any time now. Come on. 
I'm going to make sure that now 11 weeks since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with the weapon originally designed for use in combat, legally purchased by an 18-year-old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17, but followed the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead. Up against kids at 5 feet. It may be funny to you, mother****, but it's not funny to me. Okay? There's one I got to beep out, and that wasn't even you all. Talk about talking to your crowd. We're going to make sure. We're going to make sure. We're going to make sure that our kids who are starting their school year right now, that they don't have to worry about somebody walking into their school with a weapon like this. That we take common sense steps, we find the common ground. Democrats and Republicans, gun owners, non-gun owners alike. And make sure that at a minimum, we raise the minimum age of purchase from 18 to 21 for an AR-15. That we have a universal background check for anyone who wants to buy a gun in the state of Texas. And then we have a red flag law. So listen, if you have that firearm, as this young man did, and you are threatening to kill people so bad that his friends, so bad that his friends called him the school shooter, before he ever walked into the school and shot anybody. Listen. Can I hit pause right here and point out that he just said that he was being labeled as a school shooter before this even occurred in his speech? <laughs> Does anyone see the failure to follow up anywhere in here? Is this another one of those things where the FBI, they were already known to them? If everyone else in the school already knows about it and the FBI don't, then, I mean, I would think that the FBI That's a problem. supposedly would. I mean, if, if there's already red flags pointing it out before it happens and it's bleeding through in his speech, I'm thinking that he's forgetting step one, two, and three somewhere along the way before he gets them riled up to pass another law to not be followed. Well, that does lead you into the slippery slope of red flag laws, though. Well, there ain't much left of his. Let's go ahead and let him finish. We've had five of the worst mass shootings in U.S. history in this state in the last five years, just under Greg Abbott. Now, you either accept that we are inherently evil and violent and deadly and love to kill each other and slaughter kids where they sit, or that there is something that you and I can do together, regardless of the differences between us. That's where I am right now. I am remembering right now, not all that long in history, a shooting that was occurring in a church over in Texas. And this shooting in this church 
If I do remember correctly, the shooter was on his way out so that he could go to another location to do more shooting. And the question is, what stopped this guy? Another guy with a gun? Exactly. Another guy with firearms training and an instructor with a gun. Just like the other guy had already had a gun. And that's what saved more lives afterwards. Because this guy initially went into what was considered a gun-free zone. All these other schools are considered a gun-free zone. Guess what? They're all sitting targets. If someone is intent on breaking the law, here's here's the problem. Everyone is thinking that the laws are going to prevent crime. There is not a law that prevents crime. Not one single law prevents crime. All the law does is states that if there's an item that you end up doing, you expect consequences for it. And it makes it out there plainly visible to see. That's correct. But you're you're correct in that it's not going to stop people. Like it cracks me up, people with all these um, locks and everything, and and you know. But we don't we need locks on windows. Listen, if somebody wants to get in, they'll find a way to get in, and they'll do it anyway. So I agree with you on that. I it's got just no, listing out the consequences. I got no problem with people getting locks and putting things on there, but that don't mean that you let the guy out that ends up breaking in the lock and gets into the house and steals that you go ahead and let him off on a plea deal because he promises not to go steal again. Yeah. Just like all of these gun crimes that we have that are happening in major metropolises that are mainly Democrat run. You got Chicago and you got the DC area, Baltimore, New York. I mean, you, It ain't no problem at all to find a story where somebody was brought in on a gun crime along with other stuff and they're let out on a plea deal and they're back free and, oh, look at that. We have another gun crime. It's it's, got to be the guns doing all of this stuff, right? Yeah, I hear you. It's not the guns. And so changing the gun laws is not going to change not to, not to mention, did you hear what he was proposing for gun law changes? For you have to be 21 and uh, something about the background, I didn't quite hear what he wanted. If we're going to be, background? if we're going to be more consistent on things, what should be more important in this country? Whether or not somebody can defend themselves? Or whether or not somebody can write down on a piece of paper called a ballot. If we're not going to consider them responsible enough to be able to have a gun 
and use it accordingly, then why do we want to have that irresponsible kid have a choice and a vote dropped all the way down to 17, like it's being proposed in several locations? Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Yeah. I think there's a veteran solution to all this. You want to hear the veteran solution to all of this? <laughs> this should be interesting. <laughs> Here we go. It's called Veteran Overwatch. So this is what I did. I picked random schools... I'm clearly identified. Ready? By the way, this gentleman who is a veteran is basically dressed up in bright red and yellow with large letters saying what he's there for. So just like a security officer or something like that, he's clearly marked. So you're not going to miss the guy, okay? Able, prepared, and the school I was going to go to I just happen to drive past one school and I see our babies outside playing on recess. Then he shows them in the right video. There. And I'm providing overwatch. See, there are a lot of veterans who are saying, put me in coach. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Do you know how much it costs me to do this? Nothing. And I don't need permission from the Chicago police. I don't need permission from the governor. I don't need permission from no one. I'm licensed to carry. I'm definitely trained and certified. And our babies matter. And I'm providing overwatch. Now just imagine if I had other people who were willing to donate their time to sit and provide overwatch for our babies. Y'all talk about we need more police in school. We need more security. We need more this. We need more that. No, there's free shit that we can do. Free shit. I don't need no one's permission but my own time to sit out here and watch them play and watch for any threats that may be coming up. Free shit. Veteran Overwatch. Veteran Overwatch. I don't give a f if I don't get the credit. Get your again. ass out there and do it. Our babies matter. They matter. Let's go. All right. How's that for an idea? Sounds great. Don't have yeah. to change any laws for that. All right. And huh. it's just going out there. Providing, well, a, providing a visual deterrent. Somebody's going to claim that, oh, it's a liability. These people just hanging around for free, uh, providing free security. Um, gee, yo, lawyers and stuff. But. Yep. 
they're not You're hanging around. Be somebody who's going to complain. There, there's always going to be somebody complaining about stuff anyhow. But this guy is staying True. off of school property, within sight, being a visual deterrent to keep people away that we're afraid of going into what is a gun free zone. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, sure. I mean, I understand yeah. the logic behind it, but this gentleman, I've not got the other video to go along with it. He's even got a an oath for veteran overwatchers to go through and take, and it includes a number of things on you know making sure. You're clearly visible, making sure you're off of property, making making sure you don't engage in anything unless there's a visible threat or issue that you can clearly see. And it also includes to where if somebody's whining and uncomfortable and comes up and complains and say that you need, don't need to be there, that you actually leave and then you just leave and go to some other place where your services are more appreciated. Yeah. So, huh. I mean, I think he's got his butt covered on that part. But, I mean, that seems to be just as much of a valuable service to me than anything else is. And... No, I, uh, I if a, if 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 a number of people do it, well... Heck, now we got more community outreach with each other and everything and interaction and all that, and that makes things even more closely knit, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I agree. And it, it's not like our officers have time to sit there and do that at a school or, or anything like that. So, I mean... It's not like we have the money to go ahead and hand out in Congress to have other enforcement officers or to st start doing all these other major security measures and everything because anything that is going to be done by the government is going to be outside of the general public's realm of control for the most part and is going to cost a lot of money. And chances are it won't even address the problems at hand that we're having to deal with in my opinion. Okay, you put metal detectors up there at the front door. Your problem was you had some crazy wacko walk in with a gun already. You think that he's not going to shoot the people at the front door just because there's a metal detector there that he would have shot beforehand? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Well, I mean, I hear you. Well, that's pretty awesome. I, I think that's a lot of the issues and the problems and stuff that we've had. We've been conditioned in the past several generations to not act, to not participate. It's like we're, we, we've been taught this from the beginning. If there's an issue, then you go tell somebody else over there and they'll take care of it. And it used that's to be... That's right. It used to be, well, you know what's right and what's wrong because 
by golly, you've been paying attention to your upbringing. And if you can tell that it's wrong, you stand up for yourself. The whole bully in the playground thing. And you nip things in the bud at the lowest possible level. I mean, you, 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 you guys are welcome to talk too if you want. I mean, don't. <laughs> well, I've been commenting in and out of what you're saying, and you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm listening. I mean, I'm, I know I'm supposed to be talking too, but I, I, I'm a green. The same thing with the locks. If somebody wants to get in, no matter how many locks you have, if you have metal detectors at a school, and like you said, if that guy comes not going to matter. He's going to do what he's going to do. I'm sorry. He meaning just general, not any particular gender. Just a person is going to do what they're going to do. But I think that's uh, interesting that they have that. Is, is that becoming more like national or is that just in a particular area? This like is this is, this is one guy starting his own movement basically pretty much and it's spreading a little bit with individuals that are seeing this idea through social media and everything so that's how it's spreading and it might be interesting to even bring it to the DA or something you know is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Jason Walker. A Russian rocket attack in Ukraine has killed at least three civilians, wounding 13 others. That attack comes less than a day after 11 other rocket attacks by the Kremlin. China making another attempt to flex its military might. Tasha Stevens reports. The Chinese Air Force is sending fighter jets and bombers to Thailand for a joint exercise with the Thai military Sunday. The Chinese Defense Ministry said the training will include air support, strikes on ground targets, and small and large-scale troop deployment. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin visited Thailand in June as part of an effort to strengthen what he called America's unparalleled network of alliances and partnerships in the region. Tasha Stevens reporting. Also at townhall.com, White House reacting to the stabbing attack that hospitalized author Salman Rushdie. In a statement, President Joe Biden says he and the First Lady were shocked and saddened to learn the news of the attack. He expressed prayers for Rushdie's health and recovery and praise for the first responders at the scene who apprehended the assailant and provided first aid to Rushdie. The president says that the author is a model of truth, courage, and resilience for those who stand for freedom of expression. George Williams reporting. Israeli police say a gunman has opened fire at a bus stop near Jerusalem's Old City Saturday, wounding eight Israelis in a suspected Palestinian attack. It comes one week after violence flared up between Israel and 
and militants in Gaza. Police say the main suspect in the slaying of four Muslim men in Albuquerque, New Mexico, committing regular acts of violence in the last six years. Police say the 51-year-old suspect tracked the movements of his victims. More on these stories at townhall.com. We remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions of the show hosts and guests appearing on Mojo Favo Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Cuddle Me Buff LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Thank you for listening to Mojo Favo Radio. If you've got an ED problem, now you can get generic or herbal blue pills for as little as $2 a pill from Steel Man Pills. 800-485-3208. 800-485-3208. Have you outgrown your health insurance plan or just not happy with what you're paying for? The number one reason we all change our health insurance is price. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Would you like to have better coverage? at a better rate or at little or no cost to you. Your life needs are always changing, but have you done anything to improve your health insurance for you and your family? Health insurance laws and coverage are always changing and getting better. It's impossible to do all the research yourself, but now it's all done for you for free. So regardless of your age or medical condition, take a few minutes right now and find out if you can save money or even qualify for zero-cost health insurance in your state. Call now. Paid for by Cheaper Health Insurance. 800-940-5165. 800-940-5165. 800-940-5165. That's 800-940-5165. You've looked around and you've noticed that things are pretty unstable right now. It's hard to find abundance where we once knew it. If you think things might get worse before they get better, you'd be wise to visit preparewithmojo50.com. It's our trusted source for emergency food, survival tools, water and air filtration, and more. Top quality and money-saving discounts for you as a Mojo listener. Be prepared to protect and feed your family in the event of an emergency. Preparewithmojo50.com. A Mojo for every state. Mojo 50. Standing Ground is a production of Leahy Media. Hello, you have reached the Mojo 5 hotline. All personnel are currently busy doing other tasks. Please leave a message and it will be forwarded to either Ron Phillips, Bethy Knott, or sent to Brad Stagg's email inbox to be completely forgotten about, or die. Thank you. We appreciate you calling Mojo 5-0. Hey, this is the night you say me. I can't find Jeremy on the gray market, the black market, or any other market. And all I keep hearing is nobody knows anything about him. Now, I might have a lead, but I've blown all my buy money, my bribe money, four of my best IDs, and now I'm nowhere. Well, not only am I nowhere, I'm pretty sure I've been followed. There was a friend of mine on murder And the judge's gavel fell Jory found him guilty Gave him 16 years
We're going to get Jeremy out. We're probably his last hope for freedom. We're going to do everything that we can to get his ass out of that gulag. But since you listeners are what are most important to us, we are bringing you in some host at last second notice to hold things down while we recover Jeremy Leahy. We have Laird Leprechaun from Ain't You the Peach. We have SoCal part-time co-host from Off Track Syndicate. And we have our wonderful, adorable, furry, fuzzy... Does he have a pouch? Tech Roo! Dark is alive. There we go. Good evening, everybody. Uh, I thought I'd bring a uh, little bit of fact-checked story to the... uh, discussion this evening. This is from uh, Realist Market, and it was uh, produced by Robin Hill Gray. So we already know that since Robin has a double moniker at the end there, it might be interesting. And this is from June of 2022. Where's the mariachis? There they are. Thank you for 2022. All right. As uh and that the heading, the title, is uh, Fact Check, is the IRS buying ammunition and guns. As 2022 is trudged along, one topic has remained consistent throughout the news, and that's guns. More specifically, gun control. You guys were just speaking of guns a few moments ago. However, the subject of guns and ammunition has been reinvigorated after people began taking notice of the IRS purchasing ammunition and various guns. With Sarge, such large amounts of purchases over the years, people are wondering why the IRS even needs guns. That's true. I mean, paper, pencils, uh, calculator, what are they going to do? Hold you up for your checkbook? And see, they do have special agents with the IRS, and they carry firearms as granted by the U.S. Code Title 26, Section 7608. Now, this is from the Wall Street Journal, this next section, and it's from 2016. And that is that the IRS had 2,316 special agents. The number has likely grown, seeing how they're fixing to hire 87,000 more. And at the time, they spent an estimated $5,000 on each agent for weapons and ammunition. So 5,000 times. 87,000. How many billions of dollars are they spending on this? For what? I couldn't tell you. Uh, let's see, the IRS has purchased guns and ammunition in the pact as in the past. This isn't the first time they've been associated with buying loads of ammunition. In 2019, Forbes reported that the IRS had hordes of ammunition and guns. And by the end of 2017, the IRS already had around 4,487 guns and 5,062,006 rounds. I guess somebody had a pistol. They needed that six rounds extra. Let's see. It was uh, reported that guns in IRS possession weren't for civilians. Uh Uh-huh, why not? According to the report, many of the guns are machine guns. That means they fire at a cyclic rate of fire 
faster than you can pull the trigger because you pull the trigger once and you can lose the whole magazine. As it stands, only the criminal investigation division in the IRS actually gets to carry guns. So they're going to hire 87,000 criminal investigators. Hmm, that's interesting because we've all seen online where they had the... uh, duties of the IRS, you know, work 50 hours a week, be healthy, be able to uh, take care of yourself and be willing to use deadly force if needed. That's what the... uh... You said duty. (laughs) (laughs) What gay? (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. That we did. That's a duty to the job. Not dookie. Which is what they're full of, because why do they need 87,000 of them little buggers? Actually, you know, with the 87 they have, the 87 they're getting, that's 160,000. You know, that's more IRS agents than there are Marines. That's an interesting thought to put in your pipe and smoke it twice. Now, uh, safety-wise, report from a CNS News, uh, Kami News Station, I don't know what CNS stands for, claimed that between 2009 and 2011, IRS special agents accidentally fired their weapons 11 times, and uh, in three of those cases may have been result in property damage or personal injury. So 11 times and... Uh, three times they actually shot at people or in people's houses. Now, what in the hell are they shooting at in somebody's house? Who knows? Uh, CNS, let's say again. I was just saying the person, possibly. I mean, uh, Most it makes sense to me. They're shooting the person. Yeah. The uh, CNS News also revealed in an audit of IRS agents claimed that agents fired their weapons accidentally and more often than intentionally in the field. Also, it said a uh, remedial training to uh, negligent agents isn't always given. So it's kind of like the TSA. uh, If you're a a fire truck upper, you're just going to be a fire truck upper. That's all there is to it. Now, fact check, uh, Representative Mac, Matt Gates, and we all know how we feel about Matt Gates. He says the IRS is hoarding guns and ammunition. In an interview with Fox News, Florida Representative Matt Gates said in 2022 alone, the IRS has spent around $725,000 on ammunition. And you figure it about 30 cents around. They got a lot of bullets, baby. So here's the Biden plan. Disarm Americans, open the borders, empty the prisons. But rest assured, they'll still collect your taxes. And they need $725,000 worth of ammunition, apparently, to get the job done. Now, according to the Fox News, within the last 10 years, the IRS stocked up with $11 million worth of ammunition. $11 million. Can anybody say Gestapo? Or uh, is that the uh, FBI? Now, Gates is trying to put a moratorium on the IRS and their ammunition purchases. And so far, the IRS is buying weapons. Yeah, they have in the past as well. And they're still buying guns. And they have done it so forever. It isn't unheard of that the IRS to be purchasing weapons given that special agents 
are allowed to carry them. So how many of their people are going to be special agents? Probably about 87,000. The real concern is whether or not the FBI is stockpiling guns and ammunition and whether or not it's part of a grander scheme to hoard weapons and get them away from Americans aimed at recent mass shootings and desperate pleas of and protests for gun control. Gates' is right to the to a degree. The IRS does have guns and ammunition. Now, whether or not they're hoarding for nefarious reasons remains unclear, but if you look at uh, who's driving the uh, current regime, mm, fire truck and A, yes, that's a, a nefarious, tyrannical reason they're locking and loading and getting more than we have. They want to outnumber us. Now, many people are puzzled as to why the IRS would need so many weapons. I, among them, why, if you are a pencil pusher, a button cruncher, or a you know button pusher, pencil pusher, number cruncher, why do you have to be armed? What what are you defending yourself against? Computers are ones and zeros. Uh, ones and zeros don't jump up and bite you in the derriere. No, no, but there are there are people that collect um, have to do physical collection at the RS, and so they do need to be armed. And I knew one a person like that. They never discussed their career with anyone because it's very dangerous. But I agree with you that the pencil pushers and the computer people don't. And do they need that massive amount? More than likely, not. But there are positions in the R within the IRS that they do have physical people that need to be armed because they're going out in a very dangerous situation. So, I'll add but not one, to that extent. I'll add another so, question or comment on top of that because according to what Lep read us, if I do remember correctly, they then these people that are in the IRS are being labeled as criminal investigators which would allow them to carry automatic weapons. Correct. Why does any IRS agent need an automatic weapon? Well, now, if we can get, oh, I don't know, about 80,000 patriots to sign up for the IRS to be special agents and get automatic weapons. We might have a little bit more of a level playing field should any kind of, um, oh, I don't know, 1776 reunion happen. Well, automatic weapons are already essentially illegal. Not if you're a special agent. Not if you're a special agent and not if you jump through hoops like a good grief, more like any kind of gymnast ever could to get a licensing for for machine gun. And then you still have to maintain proper controls in certain areas and everything to be able to even use it. And they, the ATF, that's uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, and everybody says alcohol and guns don't mix. Why do they have an agency that's booze and guns in the title? Who says booze and guns don't mix? Although I do recall one time as, mm, let's see, I was stationed in Fort Ord. Well, I was stationed south of Fort Ord, Hunter Leggett, and I was visiting my uncle in Redwood Estates, which is north of uh, Santa Cruz, 
but south of Monterey. And my cousin and I were in his Ford van with the sunroof out, drinking Miller Lights, shooting at bats with our pistols as it was getting dusk. So, yeah, alcohol and firearms go quite well together. We didn't hit a single bat, but, man, did we suck up a whole lot of beer. But I digress. Um, yeah, my other comment about it, which was surprising, was that, um, you know, it's the same thing you guys are talking about, machine guns. I mean, I don't see how that's necessary even as a criminal, not going to, you know, a criminal investigator. I mean, what what in the hell are you doing with a machine gun? That's so That's so crazy. That's so crazy. I know that's the same thing you guys are talking about, the automatic weapon. I would love to have one. What kind of environment is an IRS agent going to be in to constitute an automatic weapon anyway? I I don't see why the IRS or any federal agent can't go to the local sheriff or state troopers and say and ask for help if they really need if they really need something like that. It reminds me more of bounty hunters. Hey, we're just going to come kick your door in. We don't care who we shoot, who we run over. It's we're doing it our way, and that's mm-hmm. all there is to it. <clears throat> now, we were discussing earlier about the FFL license and the possession and ownership of fully automatic weapons. Yes, the average American <clears throat> who has a very good, clean bell of health, uh, you know, law-wise, can own one. You pay, oh, dollars or $40,000 or more for the weapon, as well as a $200 FFL stamp. Now, along with your stamp, that gives the feds the right to come to your location of said firearm anytime. Day, night, weekend, Hanukkah, Christmas, Halloween, don't matter. They can show up at your door anytime or see it. And if you take it out and fire it, only you, you, just you, and only you can fire it. If you hand it off to your, say, uh, Jen and I were out at the range, and I had uh, an Uzi or a M16 or anything, an M60, <clears throat> fully auto, and I'm firing away, and I let her, hey, sis, come on over. You want to see what it feels like to shoot a machine gun? As soon as she touches it, I can go to jail because she touched that weapon that's only authorized for me to handle, period. That's how persnickety owning a fully auto fire, legally owning a fully auto fire weapon. Yeah, I I have a fully automatic flintlock. You pull the trigger and it fires continuously until you release the trigger or you run out of ammunition. (laughs) <laughs> and since it's a flint lock <laughs> not supposed to say that part <laughs> that's a one on one flash in the pan kind of shoot them up bang bang oh yeah well, and the bad thing with that is once you have discharged said flint lock you've told everybody in their sister hey look at that big old fire puff of smoke here they are Now, even back in the day of colonial days when the uh, people who wrote the paperwork that says we should be all honky-dory and resist our tyrannical uh, folks, there you go. Nice pick, brother. Nice, nice, nice. It's Doc Thompson in the background. Yes, it is. 
It certainly is. Now, the in the days of yore, when the uh, original papers were written saying, hey, we're, you know, cutting our ties with England, and uh, everybody goes, well, back in the day when they came up with the Second Amendment, they had just flintlocks. Do you know they had a twenty-two caliber multi-shot pneumatic rifle? Mm-hmm. And a twenty-two caliber. As a matter of fact, Lewis and Clark carried them when they went on their expedition across America through the waterways, and little Miss Pocahontas went riding along with them. Or was that Sajikawea? It was one of them. I think it was Sajikawea, wasn't it? Sajikawea yeah, was, was uh, Lewis and Clark, yeah. Yeah, or Lewis see. and Clark. Yeah. And they had multi-fire automatic. Well, it wasn't automatic yet. But still, multi-shot, 10 shots, 10 rounds in the day was uh, better than most folks with a musket trying to ram that ball in paper. And what's the average? Uh, Three or nine shots per minute is supposedly the superb with a musket loading, you know, black powder. Yeah, with the uh, preloaded uh, paper cartridges where you uh, have the ball and the powder inside the paper cartridge and you you pull the little string off the end, you dump it in, then you shove it down and then you fire. Uh, I I was at the uh, I toured the armory in Moscow many years ago and there were a lot of guns that were given to like the various czars and such as gifts by other uh, royalty from other countries and they had from the like 1400s revolving flintlocks and all sorts of guns that the leftists will tell you well they couldn't have been thinking about this uh this was hundreds of years before and it it, it existed back then yeah multi-fire weapons have been around even think back to the uh, Chinese when they used to use rockets on the arrows. They had a box that had, what, 100, I think, arrows in it, and they would light the band. They were all hooked up to small rockets, you know, just good old-fashioned, like what we would send off at the 4th of July, except instead of going boom, they sent a shaft downrange at the opposing whomever, enemy, of whoever mm-hmm. was doing it. And I think, was, I think there was 100 rounds per one of those little, and they were just a, a small bamboo, smaller than what we would think of as a regular case on. But yeah, just whoosh, boom, and multi-shot mm-hmm. right there. And I've I've been involved in Chinese rocketry. I've seen a few, uh, few villages destroyed by uh, uh, space launches gone awry. Yes, I can believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, liquid oxygen and liquid nitrogen really go boom bigly. Oh, they they use uh, hydrazine and dinitrogen tetroxide. Both are extremely uh, uh, volatile, and 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 yeah, they mix and they combust instantly, which is why you use it. Yeah, it's that normally, gives you your thrust. Yes, Americans only use that stuff in small amounts in. Uh, in the satellites themselves, because you open the valves and bang, it combusts. The second you, you don't need an igniter, they just do that. The Chinese and the Russians, they you they fuel the entire rocket with that stuff. And when that thing crashes, uh, yeah, not only is it violent, but it's toxic as all get out. I, yeah. I love the talk, but I got a point that I'm wanting to try to drag in here before we get over here to the next break. 
the biggest problem that's, I that's getting over to my Patriot Supply. We with, have an extra uh, prepare with my prepare with Mojo Five O because if some rockets and everything are exploding and going off, you need to have grub on hand. So if you go over to prepare with Mojo Five O, that's your portal into. Uh, my Patriot Supply. You know, they have the three-week and the three-month both on sale. I know the uh, three-month is $150 off. That's 2,000 calories per adult a day. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and drinks right there at your fingertips. All you have to do is add a little uh, H2O to the mix. And, hey, there's some. The, the Roo's got some. Check it out. The three-month food supply, baby. And they're in a, uh, how heavy are them totes? Some totes are like 12 pounds, aren't they? 20 pounds? I've got six of these things. And, yeah. Uh, uh, from the last batch, from the last batch, there's more. Uh, how much does this weigh? It doesn't say. Have, have pretty, you broke into it, them? And what, what's heavy. your opinion? I, I have not. I uh, Well, you know, if you get into the banana chips, you don't stop. Uh, so they, yeah, I have not gotten really into quickly. Them. But still, they're they're good. I've got the uh, the three week uh, I got from the other guys, or no, it was a two week I think from from the other guys way back when, and they're sitting up here on my shelf just in case any time. That's uh, prepare with Mojo five zero, and you were saying we have a break coming up. Yeah, we have one coming up here in a little bit, but. I was trying to want to throw a point in there here, especially with all these wonderful IRS agents getting guns. A point. Yeah, a point. Yeah. Right right on the end of the Uh-oh. end of the end of the blade right here. But anyhow. Uh-oh. The uh problem that I have with all of this is you have all these other guns coming into play under federal authority. And you have where where is your accountability going to be? If the IRS agents are having to go to the sheriffs, to the local law enforcement, or even have to get uh, incorporate the U.S. Marshals or whoever else it is to come in and do a raid and everything, you got accountability between different offices and, and, and everything else. But where are you going to have it with this? We already have complaints from BLM and everybody else about the cops. Are we going to expect it to be better with somebody with less accountability? I think not. Well, if they freed me from this prison, if that railroad train was mine, I bet I'd move it on a little farther down the line. Far from Folsom Prison, that's where I want. You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com and don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. Hi, and thank you for listening. My name is Ron Phillips, and I'm the executive producer and one of the partners here at Mojo Five O Radio. It is with great pride that we offer you this 24-7 stream of some of the finest talk radio programming in the country. But we need your support. 
We are a listener-supported network. That means we need your help to continue to offer the quality programming you're hearing right now. If you're able, please visit mojo50.com and click the donate link in the menu. Your donation will go a long way in helping us continue to share the American voice. Thank you. Why have thousands of aspiring authors teamed up with Christian Faith Publishing to publish their book? Because Christian Faith Publishing is an author-friendly publisher who understands that your labor is more than just a book. We provide authors freedom and flexibility throughout the publishing process, professional book editing, award-winning design, and some of the highest royalty structures in the publishing industry. And as always, you will retain 100% of the rights to your book. I was looking to find a company that I could trust, one that assisted in the editing process completely. The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who was honest and upfront. No hidden costs or fees and owning the rights to my own work. Christian Faith Publishing will publish, market, and sell your books in all major bookstores, online booksellers, as well as specialty Christian bookstores. Call for your free author submission kit. 800-978-4812 That's 800-978-4812 what? Didn't see you there. I was busy eating this delicious meal from preparewithmojo50.com. You look hungry. Do you want some? Of course you do. Get your own. You can go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. You can't have mine. Come on, Kenzie. Pick up the phone. That's really important. Come on. One ring-a-ding. Come on, Kenzie. Answer the phone, please. Hello, oh, you, you have reached the Mojo 50 hotline. All personnel are currently busy doing other tasks. Please leave a message and it will be forwarded to either Ron Phillips, Bethy Knott, or sent to Brad Stagg's email inbox to be completely forgotten about or die. Thank you. We appreciate you calling Mojo 50. Kinsey, listen to me. I gotta watch what I'm saying. Rusty and I are down here in Mina, Arkansas. Yeah, you probably wonder why we're here. Anyway, I'm picking up some cargo for a special operation that him and I are doing. But um, I was out pre-flighting a plane, and there's a Gulf Stream sitting next to us out here on a ramp. And I've never met Jeremy before, but I've got pictures that you sent to me of him. Jeremy and two other guys dressed in very nice suits with sunglasses and their little caps pulled up to that airplane. Uh, they look like they either could be FBI or CIA. And uh, this person that was with them that I really think is Jeremy was dressed the same way, getting on this plane. This plane has no markings on it whatsoever. Rusty, did you see anything on that plane? I didn't see anything on it. It was There was no letters, no numbers, nothing. Can you do me a favor and walk around walk around our tail out here and just kind of get a, get a glimpse, maybe... Trying to sneak a photograph because some guys are just up by the uh, by the cockpit now. So try not to be seen. Let me know real quick when you get the picture. But yeah, just kind of try to be as quiet as possible. Okay, thanks. Kenzie, um, if you're still listening, this is a secure line, by the way. So don't worry about anybody hearing this. Um, if that is Jeremy, uh, something's up, man. So I don't know what's going on, but it don't look good. So. Just want to give you a heads up, and uh, we'll talk to you later. If you have anything, uh, give us a buzz back, and Rusty and I should be out of here shortly, hopefully, uh, if they didn't suspect anything. So I, I'm just, I want to get out of here as soon as possible. So um, talk to you later, Kenzie. Thanks, man. Thanks.
Is it is it possible that Jeremy's not in the gulag? Really? Because I thought that he was in D.C. from what Groupie said. I'm 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 baffled. Well, <laughs> what? I am too. <laughs> Anyhow, I am too baffled is the word. Oh, anyhow, since we've done talking about guns, then surely, hopefully, one of you all has something else that we can talk about besides guns and government and depressing stuff. Oh, you want something undepressing? How about a feel-good story? You know, man's best friend is often forgot, but not completely forgotten and not as forgotten as one would like to think. As a matter of fact, when uh, Tennessee a businessman uh, Bill Doris expired late last year, the 84-year-old left five million, that's five million dollars to his eight-year-old border collie Lulu. Five that's million? Right. You heard me right. Yeah, five. Yep. Five million dollars to an eight-year-old dog. Do, well, uh, well, scratch me behind my ear, my legal thump too. You know, I, I'm, I'm very tempted to become a furry just because of the guy that owns this one dog. Maybe he needs another pet. I mean, it's it's just a thought. Right. Well, yep. he doesn't need anything right now. He's dead, but yeah, um, he's gone. I'd like to be Lulu for a day. Hey, not, a, not I don't blame you. Now, uh, Doris's friend, Martha Burton, how do you like that name, Burton, uh, had already been watching Lulu for him for several years by the time he passed away. According to the report, uh, Doris frequently traveled and wanted someone to care for her while he was away. And uh, the Nashville reported that it uh, really didn't know what to think about it. To tell you the truth, Burton told uh, WTVF, he just really loved the dog. Lulu is a good girl, Burton told the TV station. And uh, the will specifies that the $5 million is to be placed in a trust to provide for Lulu's care and that the dog should remain with Burton until, uh, according to the report, Burton is to uh, be reimbursed for normal monthly expenses as approved by a conservator managing the trust. But just because Lulu, the dog, is now a millionaire, that doesn't mean Burton will be buying lavish gifts for any other expensive treats, as it likely won't be possible to spend all the money caring for one dog. Uh, well, I'd like to try, Burton joked to uh, WTVF. Yeah, I'll try and blow that uh, five mil. It's actually more common than many people may uh, expect for pet owners to leave money to their furry friends. You hear that, Tech? Furry friends get money. Rara. Uh, see, uh, after Die Holler said, uh, noted tax fundrister uh, Leonona Hemsley uh, left $12 million to her dogs after she died in 2007. Uh, businesswoman Muriel Siebert left 100 
$100,000 to her chihuahua named Monster Girl. Uh-huh, that dog sounds like an ankle biter for sure. And actress uh, Lauren Bacall, you know, Bogey's significant other, left uh, ten grand for the care of her dog. So, you know, some rich folks do care for their poopalies uh, no matter where they go poopy. So, yeah. I understand that, but but if if Ms. Burton would like to go ahead and, um, you know, buy a golden commode for the dog, that's cool. Or if her and the dog need to get massages weekly. In Taiwan. That should happen. Yeah. You know. Whatever. Like she said, she um, would try to blow to five mil. I mean, uh, spend to five mil. Yeah. That's a little crazy. I understand leaving some money for the dog's care. That's pretty cool. And you have a caretaker. That's cool. But five million, a little extravagant there. Come on now. You know. Come on. One thing comes no, to mind. I don't know, but tell us. One thing comes to mind that I've heard one Sir Ron Phillips say a number of times, and that is he is willing to do a lot of things for a little bit of money. For a price. Yeah. So I just wonder what things that these dogs would be willing to pay for. Exactly. I mean, five mil. Rough, rough. I can hang my leg and pee. Sure. I mean, he can bring the cocaine with him and he can be the hooker, right? Hey, no. (laughs) (laughs) If you're calling in hookers, you're not calling in himmers. You called hookers. That's a difference. Well, I mean, if the dog's name is Ladybug. No Asian boys. What is it, from Thailand? Yeah, it's a boy. If if the dog is named Ladybug or something like that, then, I mean, you're you're the candidate for the job, I would think, unless, you know, it's a, a, well, I'd hate to already determine the sexuality that the dog already identifies as these days, but still. Hey, who knows? Hey, you know what is going on? Um, Matter of fact, this week and uh, for the next few days. And you're out and about. You're you're driving all the time. Don't you sometimes, aren't, aren't you driving in dark hours in dark locations? Yes, I am. I thought as much. Did you know that the uh, Perced media showers are going on? And they, they will be until about the 27th, but they uh, they should be peaking probably tonight, yesterday morning. I didn't see anything yesterday morning. I looked, but uh, they'll they'll be peaking. And uh, the bad thing is this year there's still a full moon because uh, back on the 12th, just what two days ago, yesterday, day before yesterday, we had the super sturgeon full moon which I think is the last one for this year. So I don't believe there's any more supermoons, but don't don't quote me on that because I would be lying. You know me, I have terminal CRS. So I couldn't swear to that for certain. But uh, yeah, the last supermoon. But the, now the Perced meteor showers, they're, they're going on. And it's real easy to see. All you got to do is go outside at nighttime during the day. Won't do you a whole lot. And uh, hopefully get away from bright lights, get comfy, and just basically look up. Now, when a uh, 
a nights when the moon is full, like what we're going to have, or nearly full, you'll notice that the moon casts a shadow. And when you're out there watching the Persets this year, don't stand under a wide open sky. Instead, find a moon shadow somewhere and still provide you with a good view of the night sky from meteor viewing. <coughs> Excuse me, a plateau area with, you know, high standing mountains to block out the moon would work just fine. If you can't do that, find a hedgerow of trees bordering a wide open field somewhere and, you know, get permission because you don't want to get shot for trespassing or, you know, get thrown under the jail for trespassing like they did to those folks up uh, in the uh, country of D.C. You simply sit in the shade of, you know, a barn or another building and uh, that is in the moon shadow and far from the glow of city lights and all of a sudden, darkness, you can't help but see more meteors. Uh, you can't run from the moon, but you sure can hide for it. Now, for most meteor showers, it's all about the count. Now, meteor watchers love to count how many meteors they see in, say, an hour. But when the moon is blocking most of your view, your count's going to be low. So this year, don't expect usual, because in years past, there's been, oh, hundreds to 150 shooting stars per hour. This year, with the uh, moon being out, you're probably going to be reduced to maybe 50 to 20 per hour. But still, you know, you figure uh, 50 to 60, that's one every minute. That's not bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, you can also watch for meteor trains. Now, a meteor train is a persistent glow in the air left by some meteors after they have faded from view. I've caught those, you know, little trails. You know, you kind of you see the zip, and it's yeah, still, you still it. see the, the faint line even after it's gone. And uh, trains are caused by luminous ionized matter left in the wake of the incoming space debris. It's hard to see in the moonlight, but, uh, you know, look for them because there is something you can see. Um, you can also watch for earth grazers and fireballs. Now, earth grazers are the ones that just skim along. Most meteor showers are best after midnight, and the percents are no exception. In fact, they tend to be the richest slightly before dawn, you know, like when I'm up in the mornings. And uh, when the radiant point is in the constellation of Perseus, so high in the night sky, but you can try watching for meteors in the late evening as well. And the late evening is best to catch what's called an earth grazer, a bright, long-lasting meteor that travels horizontally across the sky. And then you get earth grazers, and they're rare, but they're so cool. And if you're lucky to see one, you will know it. Because they do. They just kind of skip along. Pew, 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 bounce right along the, the, the outer atmosphere. And they just skip. It's cool. You see them go all the way through and they keep trucking. Now, if you're super lucky and I've never seen one, it's a fireball. And they are super, super bright. And you might see an extremely bright meteor. Astronomers call them fireballs. And they have a short of seeing one in a while. But unlike meteors in an annual shower which start out no bigger than, you know, rice grains and are bits left behind by icy climates after they fly by. A fireball starts out as a larger rock object. So fireballs aren't necessarily part of a larger, rockier object. Uh, they're 
necessarily part of the meteor shower, but happen to be outside watching and you see one, they are cool. So bring a blanket, some friends, a hot drink, a lawn chair. You'll be more comfortable, you know, with a reclining lawn chair. If several of you are watching, take different parts of the sky. If you see one, shout meteor and let your eyes rove casually all over parts of the sky. Dress warmly. The nights are getting kind of chilly unless you're out there where my sister is and then strip down naked and pour water on you because you'll be roasting. Uh, even during the spring and summer months, you can still see meteor showers. You probably appreciate that a blanket and warm drink in the wee hours of the morning. Also, leave your laptops and tablets at home because uh, when you use it outside, it's going to ruin your night vision. So enjoy nature. Not every meteor shower is a winter. Sometimes you come away having only seen one or two. And, uh, you know, if you consider this one, it's pretty good. And a colorful one really takes a slow path across the night sky. It's super cool. And, you know, definitely well worth it. Well, so you know. Look for some. You know, you said be out there in a reclining lawn chair with a hot drink. This is all nighttime activities. I've been on an early morning schedule here recently. If, if there was only some hot beverage that I could be able to drink to help me stay awake for these nighttime activities there, then maybe. Well, you know that it's funny that you mentioned that. It is? Yeah. Because if you'd go over to AmericanPrideRoasters.com, that's AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That's, you know, DM site, American Pride Roasters. They're the official copy of Mojo Five O. You can find more flavors than you can shake a stick at. There's the Frederick Douglass. There's the uh, Watson, which is a white chocolate, the caramel, if memory serves right. There's the Bell's Liberty, which is a strawberry flavor, I do believe. There's a blueberry one. That's yep. You had that one. That's a good one. It's a definite good one. And all you have to do is go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com and check it out. That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com for your coffee drinking pleasure. Yeah, I I have. I I had always been one to just kind of look up and everything once in a while whenever I've been driving because I have drove them nighttime shifts beforehand and I I haven't paid enough attention to when these events are coming out according to what they say on the calendar and stuff there but I have caught a green streak cross the sky on several occasions driving in the late night hours so yeah colored ones are really you don't you don't always get colors but pink greens uh some real vibrant whites every now and again kind of a bluish hue i've always had fun watching meteor showers now normally here in in kentucky as you well know whenever there's anything super spiffy nifty going on celestial normally we have cloud cover rain snow sleet something when something is going on but uh yeah this year we have the full moon. I saw a couple of faint trails, you know, just out the corner of my eye uh, yesterday morning. But it was like when you turned to double check to see if you thought what you think you saw, it had already dissipated and then gone. They're fun, though. Meteor showers are great, especially, you know, summer months when it's not as cold out and you can stay out without being bundled up like an Eskimo. It's a good, 
Yeah, it's good, but good, good you, to do. you can't get clean in a meteor shower. You can't get what? You can't get clean <laughs> in a meteor shower. Uh, well, you got a point there. You won't be dropping the soap because if you did, you'd miss everything. Well, maybe. I mean, you said there's at least one a minute, right? Well, there has been. Now, there's been years where there's been, you know, one every few seconds, and then there's years where you catch one every now and then. The other morning, I saw a couple, but I'm right here in the middle of town with, and like I say, the full moon was up and blaring hard. Ding, ding. Yeah. I knew yeah. that was coming. Yeah. Yeah, that, that. yeah, I've I've been privy I've been privy to a couple of um years ago, uh it was another like I think it was the same kind of meteor shower and I took a recliner and went out, you know, made sure all my outside lights were off and went out and we saw quite a few. It was very cool. Very, very cool. It, it gets you excited when you actually get to see some of it because it's hard when you're in a city. It's very True. hard. So when you do get to see some, it's pretty exciting. Well, and as far as excitement, um, you're in uh, Riverside now, not Corona. I understand an airplane landed on the freeway the other day in Corona? Yeah, at my exit. Oh, it was at your exit? Oh, yeah. Cool. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they shut it down. And. Um, it's crazy. I mean, the, it was it was a controlled landing to of sorts, a crash landing, but controlled. Where he, um, there's an area of the 91 where it blocks off right at. It, it takes two things, Main and Lincoln, and they've kind of got their own lanes, and then it comes back together with the full 91. He landed there, hit our wall that we just built, and um, <laughs> and somehow perfect timing, <laughs> missed traffic. Because there's always traffic on the 91, but this was like right about noon 30. So he just got in between cars and thank God nobody was hurt. Threaded the needle. Well, I'm sure his underwear were hurt badly. (laughs) I would imagine they had to get home and get changed. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But I'm glad nobody got hurt. That was the amazing part because I'm telling you that 91, you guys, you all hear about L.A. traffic, but 91 is pretty insane. It's always busy. So that's always. incredibly. Yeah, it's, that's Even at, at like 2 o'clock in the morning, there's still a zillion cars on the 91. The thing I don't that's think because, ever turns off. I think that's because everybody thinks they can get out of town before everybody else does, and everybody's <laughs> thinking the same thing, you know. So it's like, yeah, that ain't working. I've, oh, I've not been out there enough to know. I'm not going to take two hours to get out of here. I'm going to leave two hours early. Hey, uh, George, yeah, I've not, you know what? If we leave two hours early, we can get out of town. Uh-huh. Yep, yeah, I've not been out there enough times to know what the traffic patterns are going to be like. I've only been out there like twice so far, driving around and everything, and that's over the past 16 years. So there's really a lot of stuff yeah. that I've not seen over in Cali. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to go to the hat if you get to the state. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a prerequisite for everybody. should at least get a pastrami sandwich from the hat. Ah, see, as yeah. a truck driver, I thought that the, the requirement was to go through the Barstow scales and see if you actually survive getting through without getting a ticket. <laughs> well, probably not, too. <laughs> that would be a good one. But one is fun and not? one is 
abuse. I, I don't like to admit uh, that I'm originally from <laughs> Southern California, but I moved all the way to England to escape Southern California before yes. coming back to Colorado and Wyoming. So, in other words, there was somebody in California that actually had enough sense to leave. Is that what you're saying there, Tech? Absolutely. All the way to North Yorkshire, England. Was that far enough? From one extreme to another. Was about far enough, and I managed to bring a, a 1975 Series 3 Land Rover back with me. Uh, somehow, uh, people felt I'd duped the company into uh, moving that, but uh, yeah, it was in the contract. What, what, what side of the vehicle was the steering wheel on? Oh, it's on the right side. No, when you say right, you mean correct or? Yeah, well, correct for British. Uh, uh-huh. the, the right side. Uh, with your left hand on the shifter. You know, I don't bet, think I could do that. I bet. Yeah, it's easy. I bet you could probably cut a deal on that and sell that to Peter Serafin because he is a mailman. And that steering yeah, wheel on the I, right I side would come in very handy for a mailman. I have thought about getting a job at the postal service locally, so that because I've already got the vehicle for it. There you go. Yeah, there you go. You're ha- halfway through the door, and they're hiring. Yeah, but then you got to work for the government. <laughs> yeah, that's well, a problem. Yeah, the IRS is hiring too, and guess what? Apparently, you can have an automatic, you know, gun. So hey, and they pay for it. So I got you know. I got mine fully automatic. Fires until it's out of ammunition. Got it. Absolutely. That's funny. That yeah. is hilarious. Where's now, that thing? I'm trying to find it. I wonder oh. if being a mailman, if that means that you'll be able to start carrying a gun and stockpile ammo as well. Because you know it's got to be coming, especially with the way that the IRS is. You know who else has guns and ammo that are government entities people that work for the department of people that work for the department of education people that work for NOAA you know uh, you know what NOAA is right yeah right I I found that uh, IRS duties here's what they claim for major duties and this is from their website irsjobs.gov Here's a list of the duties for the IRS. Got to get them to the quick. Highest standards of conduct, especially in maintaining honesty and integrity. And here's the one that kills me: work a minimum of fifty hours per week, which may include irregular hours and be on call twenty four seven, including holidays and weekends. And eh, this one ain't never going to fly for them things. Maintain a level of fitness necessary to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job. So know how to run. Run Run from the IRS. (laughs) Run fast. Can't run firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. And lastly, be willing and able to participate in agent execution of search warrants and other dangerous assignments. You get to execute people with a gun? You shouldn't. Wow. <laughs> That's where they have all the bullets.
Hello, you have reached the Mojo 50 hotline. All personnel are currently busy doing other tasks. Please leave a message and it will be forwarded to either Ron Phillips, Bethy Knott, or sent to Brad Stagg's email inbox to be completely forgotten about or die. Thank you. We appreciate you calling Mojo 50. Hey, Kinsey, uh, I just had a three-hour layover at Orlando International Airport on my way to Midget Wrestling Con 2022 up in uh, Poughkeepsie. And uh, I ran into, I'm pretty sure it was Jeremy. Uh, oh, it was a little strange deal. Uh, he was sitting at the bar drinking Jägermeister shots, eating a great popsicle. Uh, it looked like he'd been sunburnt pretty good, and he smelled a barbecue. He said he'd been over to the wildlife preserve and uh, captured a pink flamingo and barbecued it. Said it tasted a lot like that California condor. I don't know. It's pretty pretty crazy, but he offered to buy me some shots, and uh, so uh, you know we got pretty toasted. But I, I'm pretty sure that was him. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.